Welcome back to episode 13 of the Sound Hopping Podcast. We're doing a bit more of lockdown listening and um, today's episode should be a little bit shorter than last week's. Um, we're back to about the 20 minute region again, so I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I won't take up too much of your time at the start here, but just letting you know that the podcast Instagram is back up and running. Feel free to give it a follow, it's at soundhopping on Instagram, and it will keep you up to date with previews, let you know what I'm listening to and lets you interact a bit more with me. I do lots of polls and things on the Instagram story, so get involved if you want. Anyway, let's get started. I'm working through my back catalogue of new releases from September, so today I've got one album and a couple singles to talk about, so let's just get straight into it. Okay, up first, Royal Blood are back with a brand new single. It's called Trouble's Coming and it's massive. The song is a little more focused on vocals than we might be used to with Royal Blood. It's a bit more refined and less boisterous than the sound of their first two records, but it still has that trademark distorted bass and powerful drums that you expect from the boys from Brighton. Although I think I prefer their more riotous tracks, Trouble's Coming is a good introduction to the new evolution of their sound before the release of more singles and their next album. The harmonies in the chorus, the percussion fills and slow build in the bridge give the song an almost dance track-like feeling. It makes you want to dance and stomp to that steady, hard-hitting beat and punchy bass line. Whilst the song isn't a new Royal Blood classic or a new favourite track for me personally, it certainly does a good job of piquing my interest for their third album, which is going to be released sometime this winter or next spring. And next, another band with a new single are Maximo Park. They're an indie alt-rock band from Newcastle who have been around for quite a while now and are most famous for their album A Certain Trigger, which is their debut album. Um, That's got the songs Apply Some Pressure and Our Velocity. And they also appeared on the In Between the soundtrack a few times. Um, and, And there's actually a Maximo Park poster in the common room in that series. I haven't paid too much attention to the evolution of the band since the debut album, but it seems that their sound developed with every release and it's in a constant state of change. This new single, Child of the Flatlands, is a pleasant mix of indie rock and kinder new wave elements like synths and almost spoken word delivery in the verses that echo the style of Jarvis Cocker. The prominent bass, synths and keyboard give the first three quarters of the song a retro but also eerie sound. The choruses are sung rather than spoken and are stripped back to just vocal harmonies and keyboard, adding to the eerie feeling of the song. The song changes about three minutes in and becomes this otherworldly soundscape of synth horns and strings. New houses stretching out the town, increasing its diameter. Personally, 
My favourite part of the song is probably the reversed guitar solo, which just adds to the eerie psychedelic sound, and it also transitions well into the final section of the song. For me, it's either that or the lyrics. The song sings about the changing landscape of industrial cities and a society that is leaving vulnerable people behind. The music video released alongside shows these themes really well. It's filmed in Billingham near Middlesbrough, where Paul Smith from the band grew up. The video shows the band exploring the edges of this town, with the industries, power plant cooling towers, horses in fields and post-war housing developments. Towards the end, they stand on the rubble of the demolished football ground of Billingham Synthonia FC, which is somewhat of a metaphor for these industrial towns being left behind and falling into disrepair, whilst the people whose lives were formed by these industries and institutions are left at the mercy of these changes. The most poignant lyrics sing about the bright lights of big cities and modern life appearing, whilst the libraries shut down and the elderly and the children are left with nowhere to go when they're all alone. It's surprisingly emotional and it really suits the haunting vocals and psychedelic sound of the song. If you give Child of the Flatlands a listen, I highly recommend doing so by watching the music video which is on Maximo Park's YouTube channel now. The album I've chosen for today's episode came out recently and I've been listening to it an awful lot. I saw them promoting it on Instagram Live. I can't remember who was interviewing them, but um, to be honest, I've never seen two people so stoned before in my life. And that kind of persuaded me to listen to it because they're just, the the, uh, the two main members of this band are just kind of odd and they're, they're a bit intriguing. And I really don't regret choosing to listen to it. These two people are, of course, the Lemon Twigs and their new album is called Songs for the General Public. The Daddario Brothers are back again with their third studio album. This quirky little band from Hicksville, Long Island, never failed to surprise or impress. Their amazing sound is a mix between 60s and 70s glam rock with an offbeat power pop revival element and Bee Gees-like harmonies and falsetto ranges. This album in particular, and the band more in general, has hints of ABBA, Elton John, Bee Gees, Supertramp and ELO. The choruses are grand and filled with amazing harmonies. The songs? about love and with a wonderfully retro charm. This is definitely their best work in my eyes too. The production is just a different level of polish and it has this really classic analogue sound that is super vibrant and layered beautifully, whilst also keeping the vocals at the forefront and therefore it feels really intimate still. The songs Live in Favour of Tomorrow and No One Holds You are two of the singles and they're probably my favourite songs of the first half of the album and I, I did enjoy the album more as it progressed. But these tracks are upbeat love songs with some of the best harmonies and catchiest choruses of the whole album. The Supertramp inspiration shines through really, really prominently here. The song called Moon is a beautiful song that was written partially as a reaction to the story of Daniel Brigoli, the, um, you might know as the Catch Me Outside girl. Um, you know, she went viral for appearing on the, uh, the Dr. Phil show in America. The Dr. Phil show is, is a bit like the Jeremy Kyle show over here. 
um, although it hasn't been cancelled, uh, unlike the Jeremy Carl show. Danielle Brigoli went on the show a few years ago and she went viral online for being somewhat of a wild child. She was, um, you know, fighting, swearing, being abusive to her mum. She was just generally out of control. The video clips from her episode um, went viral because she, she threatened to fight audience members, um, which of course birthed the, the notorious Cash Me Outside How About That soundbite. And that's been immortalised in meme form ever since. Michael Daddario said that after he saw that she had started her music career following the show and, and becoming actually fairly talented and, and fairly popular as well as a rap artist known as Bad Baby, he was inspired by her story to write the song Moon. The origin of the song is a funny tale, but the song is genuinely good and it's one of my favourites on the album. got an indie rock pop ballad thing going on with some country stylings through use of the harmonica but the lyrics of the standout bit for me it's kind of funny when you know it's about bad baby and her dr phil past but in a wider sense it's it's all about how society and communities can judge people too much and hold them back out of fear or jealousy the most poignant lyrics sound like a critique of the hate and schadenfreude culture that has developed around viral stars and celebrities, and really, any person that's doing something a bit different. The Lemon Twigs, with a beautiful chorus background, sing about how people who know what they want and will do anything to get there, people who stand out and are generally different, are largely resented by the public. And even more so, lots of the public can't wait to watch them crash and burn at the hands of their own success. Let's be honest. People were salivating at the prospect of Danielle Brigoli burning in flames. They loved seeing her essentially being pimped out for drama and memes on television. She was a 14-year-old girl from a broken home, her behavioural issues being exploited, like many others before her, by producers and shows like Dr Phil. When she became Bad Baby, people were begging her to fail. Hell, they might have gotten up a follow-up episode on Dr. Phil, or, or maybe some more street fight footage for TMZ and Worldstar. The lyrics in Moon explain this is born out of people's own boredom and spite. People are jealous of how free and reckless Daniel Brigoli was. They enjoyed their apparent lack of repercussions or discipline for her antics, and that was the entertainment. But to see her use that and succeed from it, to start a music career, allowing her to escape from that life that she was living, with all the struggles with her mum and, and everything like that, that's just too much for a lot of people. They just want to tear people like that down. People who act differently and try to use it to better their lives. People are jealous of that. It's jealousy. The people who knew about Danielle Brigoli largely would have loved to see her fail because they're angry that it's not them with the opportunities that she got from acting the way she did and, and the ability to get away from their own lives and improve it just like she did. The chorus backing to the song gives a really triumphant sense of vindication and succeeding where no one else thought possible. 
it's like a celebration of, of all the people who made it out and made something of themselves against all the odds, when everyone wanted to see them crash and burn. The sense of vindication and freedom in the song is palpable, and I love it. Another song I adore from this album is called The One. It's another single and it's a, it's a short, bittersweet song about the Janus-faced situation of being in love. It's a very sweet little ditty and it cloaks the pain of knowing someone you love isn't the one, with beautifully upbeat drums and strings in this delightful track. I must say the guitar solos are exquisite too. What I love about this album as well is that you can tell it wasn't recorded digitally. The sound of the guitars and the vocals are just so warm and bright, and the production is just phenomenal. You can just hear that it was recorded straight to tape. The Lemon Twigs do lots of their own um, production and mixing, but I believe Jonathan Rado from the band Foxygen helped them produce it too, and I think they've done a, an amazing job um, as, as a group. After several listenings, what struck me was just, just how complex and well-produced some of the songs are. The song Only a Fool shows this off best. Running bass lines are masterful and chase the lead guitar around the fretboard, often mimicking the vocal line. The organs underneath give that retro boost and fill out the song and once again the harmonies shine through. It's very 70s sounding and it really lets you appreciate the Daddario Brothers multi-instrumental talents as well as just how great the mix sounds, especially with headphones in. Just listen to the song Only a Fool and try to follow the bass line. It's a highlight of the album for sure. I don't know if the brothers or John Rado produced this track, but it's excellent. Also in the album, I really like the guitar solos, um, such as in The One and in the song Fight. 
but the the one more rocky track on the album called Leather Together was probably my least favourite. For me, the lyrics and the chorus were a bit too simplistic and hollow. To be honest, the whole album and, and the band's sound could be considered style over substance, but Leather Together is probably the most obvious example of it. The song Hog could also be put into this boat. It's just so fun. It's so much like an ABBA ballad, and it's, it's bordering on parody, but it is so, so much fun. And if ABBA had recorded this song, I think it would be considered a classic. So I don't know why some critics found this style so distasteful. I think they just need to lighten up a bit. It's stylish and it's really, really fun. I think people would seem to have forgotten that that's what it's all about. This unashamedly indulgent focus on the charming throwback style of this album is what makes it so appealing to me. It's very superficial, but it's a very listenable love letter to the power pop music of the past. Because of its complex, multi-layered production and wealth of different sounds and instruments, you catch something new with every listen. And I, for one, will be listening to this album many more times, I imagine. Okay, that's all we got time for today, but I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, give the new Royal Blood single a listen, give the Maximo Park single a listen, make sure you check out that music video because it's it's just as psychedelic as the song sounds. And I, I, I really, really wish more people would listen to that new Lemon, Tw Lemon Twigs album. It's just, there's just something about it. It's that beautiful 70s retro throwback sound and, and the quality of the production just makes it all worth listening to. And it's been a few days um, after I, I, I recorded the review and I, I've been listening to it every day and even when I don't have headphones in and I'm not listening to it, three or four of the songs are just stuck in my head permanently. The songs are just so catchy. It's got those, that classic catchy 70s pop um, you know, really, really catchy element to it. So just go listen to the Lemon Twigs new album and I promise you won't be disappointed. Hi guys, so sorry to keep you waiting at the end of this episode. Um, I'm just adding this in as I'm editing this episode um, and I, I just noticed that I wanted to mention this again, um, you know, just to, uh, just to promote this one more time. So I'm sorry about extending the length of this episode. But as I said at the beginning, um, I, I've started using the, the Instagram for the podcast again. And, um, you know, I think it'll be really good if you uh, give it a follow. I, I put lots of stuff on there. Um, I, I post when each episode's coming out. I, I add to the story. I do polls, um, quizzes, questions, um, you know, give little sneak previews to the next episode. And, um, and I think it's also a, a really good forum for people to, to give me their suggestions as well. Um, so if you want me to review a specific album, a specific topic, um, get different guests on, just different ideas, uh, any suggestions at all really, any feedback at all, you know, I, I'd really, really appreciate if you gave that to me. And I think the best place to do that is, you know, you can use my email, but I, I think the easiest place is definitely my Instagram account, and that is at soundhopping. All in one, just at soundhopping. 
So, you know, hit me up on there if you want to say anything and if you just want to get involved with the podcast um, on social media as well. So anyway, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you end this episode now. But um, once again, thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you in next week's episode, which is episode 14. Okay, see you then. Thank you.